Well, good morning. Got a couple of things we'll talk about real fast this morning before we get into the, the message. Um, did get something from the Conrads, um, Bill and Sharon Conrad, the school missionaries that we, we, uh, we support. And um, I always want to read you one little thing here. Um, actually, two little things. <laughs> I'll, I'll not read the whole thing. I'll, I'll abbreviate it. But they titled this one part says, one to two, then three, could you be four? Um, and what they're talking about is we started almost 10 years ago, I think, in Watauga, doing the Watauga Baptist Youth Challenge roughly 10 years or so ago. And so we went from Watauga, and then we'd done the one here in Avery. And then from Avery last year, there was a lady here uh, from Caldwell County that helped out and ended up doing one in Caldwell just a couple weeks ago at my aunt and uncle's church. And uh, so they're, they're wanting to do another one somewhere. They had uh, 140 youth involved in this one a couple weeks ago. Um, and yes, they social distanced and hand sanitized and all that stuff. Um, gave out 70, or 67 Bibles and 300 of God's wisdom books. And so uh, they're just asking the church to pray that the Lord open up a door to go to another county to, to do this, which if y'all been involved in it in two years, past two years, and it's been great. So just pray that doors open up for another county to take this to. And then... Um, the one thing I really want to read to you is uh, earlier, if y'all read the newsletter from the first of this year from them, they had laid it on, Lord laid it on their heart to purchase a enclosed trailer, uh, a 24-foot, uh, almost like a car hauler trailer for all their supplies. Um, and they got one, and some of the churches gave, but um, they still are looking for, um, for help financially uh, so what they're looking for is they need 50 churches to give a hundred dollars uh, but I'm not saying that for this church to do it but I'm just saying if uh, if you guys are in uh, involved in this uh, personally and you want to help out the Conrads and give towards uh, the purchase of that trailer they're still needing it looks like about five thousand dollars to pay this thing off but it's it, there's a picture over here we'll hang it up so just be in prayer that the Lord open up some doors for them and uh, pray that um it's been tough. We haven't been able to do the Yes Club at Cove Creek this year yet. We can't go in. They're not having any um, activities, whatever they're called. Um, what do they call them things after school? Clubs. That's it. It's a club. We can't. They, the, the school system has said no clubs after school, so we can't go in to do Yes Club, and it's killing us. We really, really enjoy being with our, our kids there, and uh, so the Conrads are able to do some of their stuff. I think they're doing theirs, and anybody here? Doing Avery, Cindy, you, yeah. <laughs> Do you know if the Conrads are doing anything with Avery schools? Have you? Yeah, well, they're doing virtual. They said I'm just not sure how they're doing. So anyway, pray for the Conrads. It's been been a struggle this year. Morris is here with us. Morris got a little mercy going on in his leg there, but he's on the, on the mend a little bit. He's I'm thankful. He's I didn't expect to see him here this morning, but I'm I'm glad he's here. And uh, and Mary's report came back good from uh, her biopsy on Monday at Vanderbilt, so thank God for that one. Um, Matt was in a little fender bender. Was he in Boone when he got hit? The Dodge. I think I said, I'm pretty sure I was sitting in that traffic the other day when it happened. Was it Tuesday? Oh, anyway, so Matt uh, totaled his truck. That He's, he's not here today, uh, so just thankful he wasn't hurt. That's no excuse. I, I would go for, you know, getting in a wreck, but not making a wreath. <laughs> no, I will not forgive him for that one. 
uh, and then uh, um, your name is Tabitha. Tabitha's uncle Hayden Vance still not doing too good right now. He does have COVID and pneumonia, and he's still he's at Watauga, Johnson City. All right, so that's that's it's a big deal. That's gonna be, and he's already. What you said, he's pretty weak already, wore out from everything else. So remember Hayden, and then um, was it Lake Miller, the little boy, the one year old Rita. So I didn't realize how many friends I had in common with that family um, from down wherever they're from, Taylorsville area. Um, so one year old, you guys may have seen it. It was on the. Facebook page that the little one-year-old was sick earlier this week, and then he passed away, was it Wednesday, maybe-ish, Thursday, one-year-old passed away, I don't have any details on it, he was a preemie, I, I did see some of that, so one-year-old passed away, and, and the dad is a pastor down down there, so, and of course, Taylor's full, so, just a lot going on in this world right now, so just be in prayer for the, the Miller family, and we're going to pray for Hayden and, and Morris and that and everything else. We just got a lot going on this morning, so that's how we're going to open up the service this morning. We're just going to open up in prayer and ask the Lord to touch, uh, have a healing touch on a lot of people this morning. So let's pray. Father, this morning as uh, we have uh, come to your house, Lord, I pray that we have humbled ourselves. Lord, I pray that we have come in here with our hearts repented, Lord, we have cleaned out uh, all the worldly things, the worldly matters that might be weighing us down today. Lord, I pray that we have left them outside the doors of this church. Lord, I pray we left them at home. And Lord, I pray that uh, as we come in here, God, to worship your son, Jesus Christ. Lord, as we come in here uh, with burdens on our heart, Lord, for the sick, Lord, for the lost, those that may be struggling. Lord, I pray that you hear our petitions this morning. God, I ask that you would uh, lift up Morris as he uh, continues to heal uh, from this mercy in his leg. Lord, I pray that you would touch there. But, Father, on the other hand, we want to praise you for uh, Mary's report. Lord, thank you just, God, where you just continue to work in her life and in her health. And, God, we just praise you for that and thank you for what you're doing and you're going to continue to do in that family. Lord, we just give you praise, honor, and glory for that. Lord, thank you for Nat's protection in the wreck. Lord, we want to lift up the Miller family this morning to you at the loss of the one-year-old. Lord, pray for them and, and that sweet baby Lake. And, Lord, as he is uh, in your presence right now, we know that. Lord, we know that those children come into your presence at their passing, Lord, and we thank you for the peace that we can feel through that, Lord, and I pray that the family continues to feel that, and thank you for such a strong church that they are a part of, Lord, to uh, support them through this time of loss. And Lord, I pray for uh, for uh, Hayden Vance, Lord, as he goes through pneumonia and COVID. Uh, Lord, he's got a lot on him. He's weak right now, but Lord, we know you're strong, and we know that you can heal. Lord, we've seen you heal. We've seen you do many miracles in our lives, and Lord, I pray today that you would just touch Hayden, touch those doctors and nurses that are involved in his recovery. Lord, as they do the plasma treatment, Lord, I pray that it would be uh, what you ordered as the great physician that you are. Lord, I pray that this would be what it takes to get him back on his feet and out of the hospital. Lord, we just thank you for allowing this church to be a part of the prayer circle that's going on for all these individuals. Pray, Lord, you hear our prayers. You, you feel our, our, uh, our, our deep concern, Lord, and, and I pray that you would uh, continue to honor what we do here as we pray, as we lift up all these requests to you. Lord, bless this church, and Lord, I pray that you continue to grow this church and touch this church, Lord, and use this church in a way that would be pleasing to you. We love you, we praise you, and we thank you. All in your son's name we pray. Amen. 
All right, so this morning um, we're going we're gonna to go back to a message I preached uh, a little over a year ago, uh, and we're going to be over in Psalms 46. I guess we're probably going to tell you where we're going to be, Psalms 46. Um, I preached the message on, um, on safety sometime last year. Carolyn might be able to find it. It's some, I think it's in September, you may, if you wrote it down, um, September of last year, about how we feel. And I remember preaching parts of it, and, and I'm going to use a couple little notes from it. And from what I can recall, I'm pretty sure I used the word I a lot, a lot. And this morning, Lord willing, we're going to change those eyes to we's and see how we handle our safety, how we handle our feelings. Do we feel safe? Do we feel safe in this world? Do we feel safe in our churches? Do we feel safe in our homes? And I'm not saying safe as in uh, the security side of thing, like, you know, terrorism and all that stuff. I, I'm not talking about that. Um, but I want to talk about how do you feel in the presence of God? Now, as parents or grandparents, you know how children are. When they're hurt, when they're sick, where do they run to? They run to the adult. They run to the parent. They like to run to the grandparent because they feel safe in the arms of those parents or grandparents. Well, God is our Heavenly Father. So we ought to feel safe in His presence, safe in His arms. When we need something, when we're hurt, when we're suffering, we should feel safe in His arms. Now, what did you guys do this morning when you come to church? And if you tell me you did not buckle your seat, do not raise your hand. But what did you, when you got in your vehicle this morning, you drove to church, did you buckle up? Everybody say yes. Yeah, you did. Yeah, that's what we do, because we feel safe and secure. I, I cannot drive. I'll be honest with you. If I get in my truck to take off, if I don't buckle, I feel like I'm about to fall out the door. Not my blue truck. Don't be knocking my blue truck, Mike. You keep your mouth shut. <laughs> He's already picking on me in the parking lot. But I have you keep your shut, too. <laughs> it's yours. Just remember that. But, you know, if you're not buckled, you don't feel safe. When you go to Dollywood or Carowinds, you sit down in that roller coaster and you, you want to hear that click, don't you? <laughs> you, you? They put that strap down on you, that harness on you. want to hear it click. If you don't hear it click and you take off, you're kind of worried, ain't you? But we feel safe. You get on an airplane. You get on that airplane, you feel safe because you feel like, well, if the pilot can do this and he's not afraid, then I guess I can do it too because we trust him and we feel safe in the presence of that pilot. So there's a lot of things in this life that we do um, that we, we do it because we feel safe. And I think the last time I, I preached on this, uh, this verse, I was picking on that about burying his money in a jar or stuffing it in a mattress, one of the two. But we, don't, we, we put it in the bank because we trust the bank and we feel safe with the banks taking care of it. But we feel safe with all these things that it will be okay and we'll be safe and we will feel safe because we're doing these things because they are safe. Buckling up, wearing a helmet when you're out a bicycle or a motorcycle. You know, these things that we do, we do it because we want to feel safe. We want to be secure. We don't want to be hurt. We don't ever want to be hurt. Nobody wants to be hurt. Hurt, hurt hurts, don't it? It's not, it's, it's, it's not something that we want to do. We don't go out and get hurt on purpose because we like doing it. Nobody wants to be hurt. So everything we do in this life, we do out of safety and out of concern. Because we don't want to either hurt ourselves or hurt one another. Too many of God's people live their life in fear instead of safety, though. Too many of God's creatures, us, too many humans, live this life in fear. And 
he says that we're not supposed to live in fear. We're supposed to live and rely on him and his safety. That's what he wants from us. He said, trust me, trust in me, and I'm going to keep you safe. I'm going to put a hedge of protection around you. Yeah, things might happen in this life, that, and it, we all know things are going to happen in this life. But he said, I'm going to protect you, and I'm going to keep you the safest that I can. And remember, he's all-powerful. This is God we're talking about. He can protect us, and he can do a lot. Of, he can do a lot. He can do a ton for us. But the one thing that I know as a father myself is I'm going to protect my girls the best that I can and keep them safe. And I know as a heavenly father that he is going to protect us and keep us safe. That's what God does. He loves his children. He loves us. He loves us so much that John 3.16 said he sent his only begotten son because he loved us so much. He didn't want to see his children die and go to hell without an option of choosing his son to go to heaven. He, he loves us, and so he's going to protect us, and he's going to keep us safe. So this morning, what we're going to look at is the psalmist. It, it reminds us that God provides us with safety and tells us how to get safety. How we're going to get safety. If you've got your Bible, let's stand just a moment. We're going to read Psalm 46, the whole thing. It's all 11 verses. Psalm 46 says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore will not we fear, though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, Selah. There is a river, the streams thereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her, and that right early. The heathen raged, the kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice, and the earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge, Selah. Come, behold the works of the Lord. What desolations he hath made in the earth. He maketh wars to cease into the end of the earth. He breaketh the bow and cutteth the spear in sunder. He burneth the chariot in the fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. Let's pray. Father, this morning again, we just want to open up your word, open up our hearts. And Lord, I pray that you would touch this morning in a way that would give someone some peace, someone some comfort, someone this morning that might be struggling uh, with their security, Lord, in you. Father, I pray that through your words that we just read, that they would find comfort knowing that they are safe in your presence. They are safe in your arms. They are in the palm of your hand, and they ain't going nowhere. Lord, you've got control of the situation that they're dealing with. You've got control of the situations that we're all dealing with right now. God, you are in complete control. And, Lord, I feel safe knowing that right now. Father, I pray that you would grant a great peace among those around us today, Lord, that feel concerned about whatever's going on. Lord, that you, uh, you've got this in your hand, and, Lord, you're going to get them through whatever that situation might be. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the psalmist and the heart that he had to pin this down. And, Lord, I pray that you'd bless our time together in your word. I'll in your son's name we pray. Amen. You can have a seat. So we're going to look at six different things this morning, and I know that sounds really bad because I normally do the four things, but six and they're short. We're going to look at six things this morning about feeling safe and feeling safe in his comfort. Number one, we have, we have to hold on to God 
and not the world. We got to cling. When I say hold on, I don't mean just grasp, get a little bit of it. I'm saying cling. Like the old song, I cling to the old rugged cross. We got to cling to God and let go of this old filthy world that we're living in. This world can't get you nothing. It will get you nothing but trouble. So don't hold on to this. Don't, don't grasp a hold of this world and hold on to it like it's you. Anybody ever broke their arm before? You ever broke your arm? What's the first thing you did when you broke your arm or your wrist? You grab it. It's called a position of comfort. That's an EMT term. It's a position of comfort. And you grab it and you hold it just like this because you hold it tight to your chest. You feel comfortable right here. It's just like a youngin. When you hold a youngin, you don't hold them on your leg. You hold them on your lap and you get them close to your chest. Just like, hey, are you still talking? You ain't going to talk to me. She ain't said a word to me yet today. She don't like me. But we hold them close to our chest because we love them. And we love to feel them and embrace them. God says, hold on to me like that. Don't hang on to the world. If you try to hold on tightly to the world, they're going to let you down. The world's going to disappoint you. The world is going to destroy your reputation if you hang on too close for too long. He says, hang on to me and love me. The way that I love you, but I'm going to make you safe when you hang on to me. He said, I'm going, to, I'm going to be there with you. Go back over to verse 1 again. He said, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore will not we fear, though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof. Selah. Our safety in this world is not holding on tightly to your spouse. Our safety in this world is not holding on tightly to your children. It's not holding on tightly to your parents or your friends. It's not holding on tightly to your co-workers. Our safety is holding on tightly this morning to Jesus. Amen. Clinging to that old rugged cross. Clinging to the Word of God. That's where our safety is this morning. Grasping a hold of the Word and latching on to it forever and ever. And ever and feeling the safety that comes from it. Have you ever you ever just been so just destroyed, something going on in your life, and it just absolutely wore you out? And you say, Lord, I can't do it no more. And then you, you grab your Bible and you open it up and you, and you just start reading. You don't no particular scripture. Maybe you just turn it, thumb to it, and oh look, here I am in and in, in Jeremiah 31 talking about the restoration of Israel. And then you get that peace and you feel that safety. You feel that comfort that comes from the Word of God. That you're not going to get that from the Word. Or from the world. You're going to get that from the Word. You ain't going to go over and get popular mechanics and feel comfort in it. All right? You're not going to go get Time Magazine and get any comfort out of it. But you can grab a hold of this and get some comfort out of it. You can get a hold of this right here and get some safety out of it. But you've got to hang on to it tightly. Grasp it. Cling on to it. Hold on to it tightly. Don't let it go. Let the world go. Now, the psalmist here is telling us, even the three most stable things in the world are unstable. The three most stable things in the world. The mountains. He says they're stable, but they're unstable. The river. They're stable, but they're unstable. And the ground we walk on. We think it's stable, but it's unstable. The ground we walk on, it can give way, can't it? We can have mudslides. We can have cracks and faults. And it can, it can go away. The rivers, in their banks, mighty powerful rivers, they can do one of two things. They can dry up or overflow. So they're still unstable. 
And these mountains, we've got some of the most beautiful mountains in the world. Trust me, I've seen a lot of mountains. And we live in one of the most beautiful places in the world, but they're unstable. Do you know at any time they could fall off? The Bible says here they could fall off in the sea. Not that we're close to the sea, but they might fall in Watauga Lake. I don't know. But they're all unstable. We cannot depend on the mountain. We cannot depend on the ground. We cannot depend on the river because they are unstable. And if these things are unstable, how much more unstable are the things in this life that we rely on? Pretty unstable. We can't rely on anything in this life. If the river, the mountain, and the ground can't be relied on, what else? There's nothing in this world that we can rely on except for Jesus. That's it. That is it. So put your faith in that, not in the things in this world, because they will let you down. They are unstable. Number two, we have to exercise our faith knowing God is with us in spite of feeling he is not there. I've said this a lot here lately. When things go bad in your life, what's the first thing we say? Why? Why? Why, Lord? Where are you? Am I right or wrong? I'm right, ain't I? Something bad happens. We say, why, Lord? That little boy died this week. I promise you, his dad's a pastor. I guarantee you that dad said, why, Lord? He knew God was in control. But it's because we don't understand it. God has never laid it out there in front of us. He never painted us a picture and said, this is why your one-year-old's going to have to come be with me. We don't know why. So we question God every now and then. Why, Lord? Why me? Why now? Look at verse 1 again. It says, God is our refuge and strength, the very present help in trouble. Verse 7 says, the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. Usually when we're overwhelmed by a situation in life, we have a feeling that God just ain't around, don't we? When we get so overwhelmed by whatever the problem is in our life, we look around and say, where you at, God? Where are you at? I need you right now more than ever, and I don't see you around here. Where are you? That's the way we are as, as Christians. Seems like he just left us at the wrong time. I'm in the middle of a storm. God, you in the boat? You in the bottom of the boat this time, or are you up here with me as a sufferer? Where are you? We question. Every Christian is going to question. Never doubt him. Never doubt his plan for you. Never doubt what's going on. Psalmist right here reminds us, even if we don't sense his presence, he's still right there with us. And that's hard to explain to somebody that don't believe in God. It's It's hard. Even though we don't feel his presence, the Bible said he's still right there with us. And it goes back to what I read y'all a couple weeks ago. Deuteronomy and Hebrew both told us that he is there because he said he'd never leave us nor forsake us. So we know that in the, he's in our presence, even though we might not feel it at the moment because of the emotions that's going on inside of us. We might not feel it, but he's still there. And he's still by our side. The writer says that God is an ever-present help with us. Ever-present. Right there with us. What we have to do is exercise our faith to believe that God is with us during those difficult times. We know what uh, Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians. says, for we walk by faith, not by sight. We might not see him there, but by faith we know he's there. That's one of my favorite verses right there. 
For we walk by faith, not by sight. There, he's here. You might not see him here physically, but by faith we know that he's here. We feel it through the Holy Spirit. So if we are to, to be safe during those times, we need to know God is with us. God is with what We're going to get ready to get into Christmas here just, just a few more weeks. What's Emmanuel? Stop laughing, Paisley. What's, what's Emmanuel? What's the definition? What's the meaning of the name Emmanuel? God with us. Ain't that great? Ain't that who Jesus is? Emmanuel. So that's part of his name. Remember that. God with us. So he ain't going to leave us. He will always be with us. Always. Verse 3, or I'm sorry, number 3, not verse 3, number 3. We have to remember that we are only passing through on our way to a greater place. We are pilgrims. I know y'all probably get tired of hearing that. We sing songs about it, and it's kind of cliche, but we're just pilgrims passing through. We're only here temporarily. It may be for a year. It may be for 103 years. Me and Dad's talking about uh, our neighbor, Bob Shipley. The other day, Mr. Shipley's dad was 103 when he passed away, not too long ago. And my great-grandpa was 101. And uh, they got a picture of both of them in the paper, and I think Paul was 100. Paul's 100 and Chipley's 102 or something like that. I forget how it worked. But anyway, there's a, a, a write-up in, in the paper, local paper about them two old guys sitting there. has a big old picture of them sitting there talking. Couldn't hear anything. There's a lot of huns going on. <laughs> What'd you say? We're passing through, whether it's a year old or 103 years old, we're just passing through here. What are you doing with your time? God's gave you ample amount of time whether you're 10, 15, 30, 50, whatever. I went to Cove Creek, that's how I count. But we, we have plenty of time to do his business here. We got plenty of time here on earth to go about the Father's business. So what are you doing with your time here? We are just passing through, so we need to make sure that we're doing as much as possible, as long as possible, and, and, and by any means possible. Be doing his work. Because we're not here very long. James says that we're life here is just a vapor. It's gone. And you may be 70, 80, 90 years old. And it's still a vapor. It's still just gone. You've lived uh, normally a, a pretty good life if you, can, if you live that long. That's a good life. What have you done in those 70, 80, or 90 years? Verse 4 tells us, says, There is a river, the streams there uh, whereof, shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. Now, whatever problem we may be experiencing, they are only temporary. And so is this time here on earth that we're living in. Sometimes our problems overwhelm us because we, we can't see an end in sight. Sometimes, Lord, when is this going to be? How many of y'all thought back in March that by June we'd be over this pandemic? <laughs> Everybody's hands are up. Ain't that what we thought? Uh, and I think me and you had that conversation back when I got furloughed. By June, it'll be over with. No, it ain't over with. Me and Conley's talking about it a while ago. It, we're going to start seeing more spikes. Everybody's going to get together at Thanksgiving. Everybody's going to get together at Christmas. We're going to start seeing an increase. We don't see an end in sight. When is this going to be over with? I mean, y'all are sick of it. <laughs> I'm over it. I'm, I'm sick of it. I'm tired of it. I'm, I've told y'all a hundred times, I'm, I'm over it. 
I'm ready to get back to normal life again. Where is the end? In this life, it may not be a virus, but it may be a suffering that we're going through. Financial suffering, marital suffering, family suffering, friendship suffering. It may be a lot of things in this life that we're going through, and we can't see an end in sight. But I want to tell you this morning, it's only temporary. Whatever's going on is only temporary. Our time here on earth is only temporary. The problems that you're facing right now, it's only temporary. How many storms have ever lasted more than just maybe a few days or a few weeks? You know, hurricanes, they build up in the ocean for weeks. But once they make landfall, it's over with in, in maybe a, a couple, you know, a day or two, something like that. They don't last long. Storms are temporary. Problems in this life are temporary. And this life is temporary. We always need to remember that because we've got a better place. We've got a home for us. As Christians, we've got somewhere to go that's, that's so much more better than this. that we, I, we can't even describe it. John couldn't describe it. I can't describe it. I've got in my own little pre-brain mind what I think heaven's going to look like. John, listen to what John said. This is just a little bit of what he said about heaven. It's over in Revelation 22. He says, And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. And in the midst of the street of it, on either side of the river, was there the tree of life, which bare twelve manner of fruits, and yielded her fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. And there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it. And his servants shall serve him, and they shall see his face, and his name shall be there, be in their foreheads. And there shall be no night there, and they need no candle Neither light of the sun, for the Lord God giveth them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. Whew, I love it. And then we go into what, what we always read at a funeral. You know, there's no more death, no more dying, no more crying, no more weeping. There's no more sorrow. So there's all these things that we have to look forward to when we get to heaven. So folks, whatever you're going through here on earth, don't worry about it. It's only temporary. we got a better place for us. I don't know, it may be in the next few days, the next few months, maybe the next few years, I don't know. But it's going to get better. When we leave here, it can't get worse. As children of God, it can't get worse because we got heaven. So you know, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that things are going to be okay once we're done here on this, this side of, of heaven. It's going to be okay. Number four, we need to look at, to see what God is doing. Do you ever, you ever, it's been hard the right, past few months, ain't it, just to look around and see what God's doing? But it's amazing what God's doing. I mean, we just told you what he's doing in Mary's life. Ain't it amazing to see what he's doing? Healing her. I love these youngins. I love to hear that youngin talk, jabber. Tickles me to death. That's what God's doing. How many of y'all just, you don't have to answer this, but how many of y'all just block me out and listen to her sometimes? I block myself out just to hear her sometimes. Thanks, Rita. I love to hear it because it puts a smile on your face, don't it? It makes you, that's what God does. You come to church, like, oh, Lord, that preacher's going to, what's he going to say today? And then you forget about me and you hear her. That's fine. It puts a smile on your face. That's God working. I love to see God work. Look at verse 8 again. It says, uh, Come behold the works of the Lord, 
what desolations he hath made in the earth. We need to look around and see all that God is doing in our life. We need to look around and see what all God is doing in the people's lives around us. We need to look and see what God is doing in the world right now. He is working. Believe it or not, God is working. But we've got to open our eyes. And we've got to look for what he's doing. He's blessing us. Whether you know it or not, he's blessing you. He's, he's working. He ain't set back. He didn't take a break back in March and say, man, y'all deal with it on your own. I'll come back when it's over with. God's still working. He's still working in our churches. He's still working in our hearts. He's still working. He's still doing stuff for us. Psalms 118 says, this is the Lord's doing. I love it. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the Lord's doings. And go on, it says, and this is the day which the Lord hath made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. But it's marvelous what he's doing. I, you go outside right now. Past month. Did you see God's, did y'all happen to open your eyes and see God's doings in the woods? Did you see what he was doing with these trees? Praise the Lord, he killed my grass. I don't have to mow no more. Abby, well, Abby's still got one more round to go. But he's still working. It's, listen to it. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. How many times have you just stopped and you looked around and said, God's marvelous. That's not a word we typically use. We typically just say God's good. But it's marvelous. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. If we can't see that God is, is not in the distance, but is active all around us, then we can feel safe. When, we, when we're looking around and we see that he's not way out there in the left field somewhere, but he's right here next to us, then we feel safe, don't we? When you, when you feel his presence there, when you see him working around you, you feel safe because you're in his presence. And just like I said, as a child, you always feel safe in the presence of a parent or a grandparent. That's God, as the parent, as the father. When we are in his presence, we are to feel safe. I like that. I like feeling safe like that. To live the Christian life and not see what God's doing all around you, it, you'd be miserable. You won't be a miserable Christian. Close your eyes. Stop looking around. You won't be a miserable person. Stop looking for God. Just stop looking for all that he's doing for you out here. Stop looking for miracles. Stop taking the phone calls, the call trees, telling you the praise report. Stop looking at social media when you see the good news of somebody's healing. Turn God off. Close your Bible. Stop listening to the preacher. Stop singing the hymns. You'll be the most miserable person in the world when you don't open your eyes and see God at work. You won't miserable, you push God out. That's miserable. If you've ever been there, and there's a lot of people that have done that a time or two in their life where they have, um, they thought they could handle it on their own and they kind of pushed God out, you're miserable. I promise you, you will be a miserable person. Number five, we need to quit trying so hard and let God work. We've we got to let him work. Look at verse 10. It says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. Sometimes, I'll be honest with you, I'm my own biggest problem. How about y'all? Sometimes you're your own biggest problem. Sometimes I'm my own enemy. Sometimes I'm my own trouble. 
I create problems and troubles for myself. I won't fix my own problems. And when I fix my own problems, my problems get worse because I didn't trust him. And so my problems are getting even bigger than they was when I got started. They grow. They snowball. But that's how I fix problems. I don't. I make it worse. My own problems. God's telling us sometimes we need to sit back and let him work. Just sit back. What, what do you tell? Sit down, shut up, and hang on? That's what you ought to do when it comes to God. Just sit down, be quiet, and let God do his thing. Let him work. Romans 3, 4, and 8 says, uh, God forbid, yea, let God be true, but every man a liar, as it is written, that thou mightest be justified in the sayings and mightest overcome when thou art judged. But if our unrighteousness commend the righteousness of God, what shall we say? Is God unrighteous who taketh vengeance? I speak as a man. God forbid, for then how shall God judge the world? For if the truth of God hath more abounded through my lie unto his glory, why yet am I also judged as a sinner? And not rather, as we be slanderously reported, and as some affirm that we say, let us do evil that God may come, whose damnation is just. But I like that at the very beginning. It says, God forbid, yea, let God be true. Let God be true. Let God be God. How's that? Let God be God. Let God do what God does. Let God be merciful. Let God be the judge. Let God be almighty. Let God be the father. Let God be the healer. Let, just let God do it. That's what we are to do. Let God, he says right here, let God be true. Just let him do what he says he's going to do. He ain't going to hurt you. He ain't going to break your heart. He ain't going to let you down. He's God. We just need to let him be God. Mark Bishop wrote a little song. It's called The Little Days. Some of y'all may have heard it. I love this song. It's called The Little Days, and I'm not going to sing it. I'm going to read a couple verses here. He says, I'm just like you in so many ways. I've had my share of tears. I've had my share of rainy days. Yea, there are ups and downs and the seasons turn, but through it all, the greatest lesson that I've learned is to just let God be God on the little days, and he'll be God there on the bigger days. Why do we wait until things go wrong when we could have him by our side all along? Let God be God in the best of times, and he'll be God when you're going through the worst of times. When you need God to move in a mighty way, when you need God to be there on the bigger days, pray on the little days. Just let God be God. I, I, I guess if we could sum this whole thing up today, would be that right there. Just let God be God. If you want to feel safe, if you want to feel secure, if you want to, to feel that, that peace and that love and that joy and that happiness that, that we are to feel, then just let God be God, and you'll get to experience that. Let God be God, and you're going to feel safe. But you, you have to let God be God. I have to let God be God. It's because it's that personal relationship that we have with him. I'm going to let him be God. You need to let him be God. Number six, last one. We have to remember that God has led others to safety. God's got a pretty good track record. If you go back in the Bible... You start in the Old Testament, and I'm going to give you some here in just a second. If you go back in the Old Testament and you look at what God has done, he's got a pretty good track record of saving people. 
He's got a good track record of keeping people safe. He's got an awesome track record of delivering people. But that's what God does is he delivers people. When they're in a time of need, when they're struggling, when they're down and out, he delivers. He gets them out of whatever that situation might be. Jacob stole Esau's birthrights. God took care of Jacob. God took care of Moses as he led that mass exodus. God took care of Elijah when he had to confront the prophets of Baal. God, he took care of Daniel when he's in that den of lions. God took care of Jonah when he's in the belly of that great fish. God took care of Gideon when he fought the Midianites. God took care of Rahab whenever Jericho was destroyed. God took care of David when he fought Goliath. God took care of Noah while he's floating in the boat with his wife and youngins. That's what God does as he takes care of things. That's what he does as he takes care of his own. God took care of his son, Jesus Christ, when he's down here on earth. God took care of him. Yeah, yeah, he suffered, and he died on that cross. But he took care of him. He took care of his mother, Mary. He took care of the apostles. He takes care of his disciples. He took care of John on the island of Patmos. He takes care of people. So when you're struggling, you go back and you start in Genesis and you start reading through Revelation, and you're going to see really quick, God takes care of his children. God loves us. God, he really loves us. And he's going to take care of us. So if you need proof that God loves us, if you need proof, written proof, that God is going to take care of you, start in Genesis. And you start with Adam. And you go all the way to Revelation and end with John. And from the beginning to the end, God took care of his people. And he's going to keep taking care of us while we're here. Just trust him. Just trust him and let him do what he does. And he'll take care of you. Trust in God's provision for your life. Trust in God's sustaining grace. Trust in God's never-ending mercy. Just trust in him. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. And lean not into thine own understanding. It's hard to do, ain't it? Sometimes we tend to try to do it ourselves. But here's the thing about Jesus. He knows what he's doing, and we don't. He's completely capable of taking care of us and protecting us. We're not. We'll mess it up. We're going to get hurt. I promise you that. We're going to hurt ourselves, and we're going to make the problem get bigger. So trust God for your safety. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Preached on that a few weeks ago. But you got to trust in him for your safety. Stand with me. We're going to close out. That verse 1, one more time, says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Those three words right there, a very present help. A very present help. That means he's here. So this morning, if, if you're here this morning, you're struggling with something. I don't know what it might be, but if you're struggling, 
I want you to remember that verse right there. He says, a very present help. That means he's here with you. Whatever your struggle might be, he's right here with you. He's right here with you. Anybody have anything on their heart this morning before we close out? You've got nothing left. You didn't say it at all. See, I get that. Okay. Bruce Smith. Okay. Oh, I'm sure. Remember that? Paris Island. That's where your dad went, ain't it? Paris Island. No. Well, he ain't done yet. That's the great part about it. He's still working. Yep. Tickles me to death. I tickle death read that from Morris the other day. Not the MRSA part, but the lung part. <laughs> Made my day. Y'all remember uh, my sister and my nephew, Cody. Uh, Cody's the one I was telling y'all about. Went and had the, the pump installed a couple weeks ago. Um, he's doing pretty good with it, but his his uh, nurse tested positive for COVID Wednesday. I think it was Wednesday, right? And so my sister and Cody are quarantined at home. They're okay. They're not, they didn't test positive or nothing. We ain't been around them, so you don't have to worry about that. But um, So that's the last thing Cody needs right now is about the covid all right, all hearts and minds clear. Jonathan, do you mind to dismiss us, please? Amen. All right, we'll see y'all tomorrow morning.